So that's uh, basically me. I've been going to Brookside for uh, four or five years now. I came in my uh, fall of my eighth grade year, and so that's, that's basically who I am. And so when I was asked if I would speak today, I started to kind of think about what's overflowing out of me from God. And so I didn't really, I was like, all right, well, there's, I guess, a lot that I could go from here. And, um, but two days later, I was on Twitter, like an average person, I guess, and I saw a tweet that uh, was not the best from a friend I knew. So I texted them, are you all right? And I didn't really get back the response I was expecting. Um, this person was uh, in a really dark spot and was trying to attempt suicide at the moment and um, didn't have any desire to live. And I wasn't really prepared for that. Um, I was just kind of confused. I didn't know where I was supposed to go from there. And it kind of turned into this whole ordeal of trying to explain God's love to them and having them understand that and, but, and help them understand their worth and importance. And eventually we got people to her, and she's all right now, and she's understanding kind of where God is playing a role in her life. But it got me started thinking more about what God's love means to me. And so I, was, I, took, some, I took a look at First uh, John, which will be our main reading in First John 3, 16 through 24. So I'm just going to read that so you can get a basis of what we're talking about. It says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This, then, is how we know we belong to the truth, and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask, because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him, and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit he gave us. If you look uh, earlier in this chapter at 1 John 3, 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And so I was thinking, just as when we were all children, we kind of absorbed our, what our fathers or our parents or who has ever kind of like, you know, uh, helping us grow, we kind of absorbed everything they taught. So, so what we kind of have to do is absorb the Father, our Heavenly Father and His teaching. And when we realize and see His love, that he has poured out upon us, then we can absorb that and turn that into our daily lives. Because he has given us the, like, uh, for John one twelve, sorry, and 13 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And we have all heard of just like, live in Jesus' example. You hear it a thousand times, just live like Jesus did, love like he did, and just strive to be like him. But like, what does that really mean, though? What does that mean for us as Christians and believers? In verse 16 in this chapter, it says, Just as Jesus laid down his life for us, we must lay down our lives for brothers. And the two words that really stick out to me there are us and we. Because it isn't just a mission for just one, one person here and there. 
or one guy that you see, and he's like, oh, well, they're loving that person today. I'm okay if I don't have to. I don't really need to right now. But the way I see it is it's a call and a mission for all believers. All of us are called to set out and love just as Jesus did, and together we can grow through that. Because if you obey God's command, that's, that's what he's calling us for to do. In verse 17, it says to care for those in need. Being a Christian isn't just a title, but a lifestyle. Because a lot of us, we tend to just kind of sit back and just kind of let everything else work for itself and not rely on God. And we start to kind of fall into the lifestyle of a nominal Christian. And that's just a, pretty much a term for saying in name only. It's kind of a believer who maybe goes to church and kind of just sits around. He understands kind of what he has to do as a Christian, but he doesn't really follow God's commands. He just kind of goes through the day each day. And when I was uh, at the beginning of this fall, this past fall, before school started, this term was given to me. And I was like, okay, that's easy enough. I just won't be a nominal Christian. Whatever. But um, it, was a, it was a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. And I failed a lot. But it's okay because we see um, in verse 18... In verse 18, it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, both actions and a truth. This, then, is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Um, a pastor named Ray Steadman had some commentary on this chapter, and he, was, he spoke just about what it means when our hearts condemn us. And... When we sin, we have that natural guilt uh, from the Holy Spirit. And it's explained to us in the Bible that what, our, what we do to accomplish, to get that sin away, is to confess our sins. And you know, we receive the forgiveness of God. But then afterwards, we still kind of sometimes feel this just pain kind of inside of us from that sin. And that's just our heart condemning us. And that's, the, that's not um, God, but that's the evil one trying to penetrate in us and take away the love that God has really placed upon us. And um, we can have confidence in God, and we can be sure that His grace covers us. But we've got to get right back on track after that, because membership into God's family is by grace alone, and we must receive it. Um, with this whole uh, rapid response thing and helping people, uh, Ray Sedman, he had this quote that when he uh, preached about God's love, he said, the people discovered there was an accompanying wonderful sense of reassurance and awakening of the spirit of joy in their own hearts when no longer they were concerned about themselves but poured themselves out on the behalf of others. Um, my soon-to-be senior class in my school, uh, we all have a, like a main verse and motto for the year. And it's actually these verses and... The motto included rapid response, which basically just meant when God placed an opportunity in our lives to really show um, that we are trusting him, that we just act upon immediately. We don't question it, we just go for it. And um, as we were in the middle of deciding that, a, a fellow classmate in my class, her whole house burned down and she lost everything. So we're kind of like, oh... This is, this is a real deal. This is serious now for us. And, but through that, when we decided, all right, well, this is our test from God to really have this rapid response, uh, we just grew together as a class. 
And for me, at least, it showed just an example of what community can do when you just spread that love out from people to people. But I've also realized that loving people can be really difficult because we don't always want to love some people because they just make us angry. Like if you drive and you're driving and you're trying to merge or someone cuts you off, your first initial thought is not to be, God bless you. You know what? I hope you have a great day. No, you're almost like, I hope you get stopped. Yeah, I don't care about you right now. That's just, it's just natural. You just don't really have that love for them. But that's kind of just like letting the enemy win. And uh, Jesus didn't draw a line when he was uh, going and just spreading the gospel. He didn't draw a line at certain people like, all right, I'm not going to love them or over there. No, he went to like every type of group, you know, people that we wouldn't want to associate with, Jesus did. And so since we're trying to live in Jesus' likeness, so should we. In verse 11, it says, For this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. So it's right there. To love should be a core action for us. And in order to do that, we have to humble ourselves and just take our, put our pride away to show this God-inspired love that can change a person. Uh, three things that love does that was uh, a pastor uh, told his congregation was, one, it reassures a doubting heart. One, uh, two, gives boldness and effectiveness to prayer. And three, it is evidence of a spirit-filled life. Because when you live for God people are going to notice a difference about you. They're going to see that you're just not like everybody else. It's kind of like the whole saying, we're in the world, but not of the world. You you love everyone as best we can, and then they're going to start seeing just that forgiveness or that compassion that's coming out of you, and you're just that light shining in the darkness. And the devil's not going to like that for sure, though. And, you know, he's going to do everything he can to mess us up. And just plant things in our minds that will make us feel unworthy, unimportant, and unloved, like my friend was feeling that night. He's going to try to attack us and rid ourselves of all that love that we're trying to fill ourselves up with that God has been showing us and trying to just really interject into us. He's going to, um, because evil in the world doesn't want us to succeed. In verse 7, dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. And so through God, we can stick on this right path and see it. Uh, One of these verses that was given to my friend was Psalm 56, 9 through 13. And um, I'm about to read them. And they're clear going to, you're going to see how they break down all barriers of evil and bad thoughts because of the other option that is given to you. Uh, As I read these, just kind of look into the words and see how God is showing out his love to David in this situation. Um, Record my laments, list my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. By this I will know that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise. In the Lord, whose word I praise. In God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? I am under vows to you, O God. I will present my thank offerings to you. For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling. That I may walk before God in the light of life. In the light of life. Um, In this psalm, David was just uh, seized by the Philistines in Gath. And this is one of the um, main parts when he was uh, fleeing that he was really starting to feel like, okay, this is my time. This is where I just don't know how I can get through this situation. And so when he's writing this psalm and he says, 
record my misery, list my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your, in your record? He is stating that he has confidence in God's power and deliverance that if he would write down every one of his tears and record that, that he can surely deliver from this, um, from this situation and that that's how much love and care he has for him. And then sure enough, if you read it's in First uh, Samuel, I feel like 21, you can find out that he uh, eventually escaped from that and with no harm done, thanks to the Lord. And it's just a demonstration of God's love for us, the love that we are trying to replicate. So when Jesus did uh, walk the earth and, you know, being the example of love that we're talking about, he spoke of the word ecclesia. Ecclesia means a new kind of people. And if you read in the uh, first translations of the Bible, you'll see him say this word. And Jesus was on a mission to set apart a new kind of people, a people that didn't really follow kind of earthly standards in a way. They were, um, sorry. <laughs> Jesus gave us the new start in salvation. He's calling us to act for God in a bold, bold way. People that are in the ecclesia, they have this compassion to them. They forgive others easily. They join together in a community to worship God and not be tied down to earthly desires because they know the one thing that is of true importance and power, which is God. And that's what they're trying to strive for. And we don't really hear, we haven't really heard this word often, but it's, I mean, it's direct in the verse. That, I can't remember which one it is, but he says it, and it's, it's powerful for me because it makes me feel a little more involved in Jesus' ministry. Because if he set apart a people, and all believers are called to be a part of it, then I can feel right at home saying that I'm a part of the ecclesia because that's what he wants for us. That's what he wants as believers. So pretty much what I want to see happen for just Christians in general is to stop like condemning others, but instead love them and kind of make a change in this society that God is the most important thing and that brings love and peace to all of us. So it's kind of like, all right, now what? We've talked a lot about love and you know, things, what we're supposed to do for Jesus, but now we're supposed to go. We're not, don't have the mindset that you're just one person. Because I hear that a lot. Oh, I'm just one person, you know. I can maybe talk to a few people, but that's just about as much as I can do. But I mean, Paul is one person. So is Peter. They're all just ordinary men that were just turned extraordinary due to Jesus and the impact that he had. So it's like, seems like a lot. But I, I just know this is possible because I'm so confident in just the power of Jesus and the power of his name and what he can do for this world. You see, like, just examples of revivals. You read them in the history books. Um, when I went to uh, this conference in Kansas City last December, uh, one of the speakers said that he was tired of reading about revivals in the history books. And I just feel as we, stru- as we live for the Ecclesia and we live for Jesus— that, that doesn't have to be something we read about. That can be something we live, and that's something that we can just change in the city to start, your school. It, even in your daily life, it, it'll affect it in amazing ways. So basically, just love like Jesus loved. And if you can find others, join in a community. Like Keep each other accountable and continue to go towards this goal of just be, uh, getting closer to Jesus. And here's like a little visual for it. It's 
kind of like imagine one person just yelling. Say you're at a sports event or whatever, and someone just says, go fill in whoever. Go Mitch. Go whoever. Go Mike. But then like imagine the whole like student section yelling, go Mitch. You know, that, that little, those few extra people start to add noise. And it's the same thing for this. One person living for Jesus is going to, you know, have an effect. And then you keep adding a few more people, and they're like, oh, something's going on here. And it's just going to keep growing and growing. In 1 John 2.20 it says, And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears we may be confident and unashamed before his coming. So that's just what we're kind of preparing for. We're just preparing ourselves and others for his coming. So kind of like, what's the main points of all of this? One, love like Christ. Two, be the ecclesia. Three, rapid response. And four, God is with us the whole way. We're not alone. We're, I wasn't alone when I was dealing with this friend. And trust me, love is... It's going to have a lot of effect. Just actually this morning, just to um, have the effect of what love can do and how we need it so much is, um, I got a text this morning that uh, one of my friend's sister tried to actually overdose on pills last night too. So in the past week, i uh, had a lot of run-ins kind of with just people that really aren't kind of feeling it right now. And so... I. For me, it's really kind of been putting like, man, you got to love more because I'm guilty. You just don't think about it during your regular day. But one word of encouragement or just even a text saying, hey, how are you doing? Or just talking to somebody, it could really go a long way because sometimes we don't really know what's going on in somebody's heart. And so it also just comes down to prayer too. You know, pray, pray for yourself, pray for your family, and pray, pray for your city and friends because... We all need it. We all, we certainly need it. So, it's kind of that's kind of like the main gist of it. So I'm I'm gonna pray with you guys real quick, and um, then kind of have like a question you can think of during small groups. So, dear God, I thank you for this group of people, Lord, and just how much they just want to seek you, God, and find you and learn more from you, Lord. I just pray that as we continue to go through this summer, Lord that we won't forget about you, God, but instead make time for you to grow in you and let your love come through us and affect us in a bold way that we can go out and further your kingdom, Lord. God, as just we go through this week, this next week, Lord, let us just remember what you did for us and then how and just be empowered by your Holy Spirit to do more for you, God. Just thank you for this opportunity to be here, Lord, and just for all of us again, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.